Hello, everybody. Welcome to another video. Hope you're all doing amazing and that you're all having an incredible day. Thank you to everyone who leaves a like, a comment, everyone who has subscribed, everyone who writes something for the algorithm, and a very big thank you to everyone who got there. $10 worth of free Bitcoin, and without further ado, let's jump right into it. For those of you not looking at the screen, it says Bitcoin and Ethereum soar to a six-week high as ar markets add $50 billion to them. There's a lot going on, as always. That's nothing new for this market, but there's a lot of really weird stuff and markets have responded in, I guess, almost an appropriate way. It says the crypto market has added or touched $1.1 trillion as Bitcoin and Ether skyrocketed to local peaks. U.S. President Joe Biden's decision to refuse to admit that the country has officially entered into a recession pushed the world markets, all of them, Upwards once more. As a result, Bitcoin, Ether, and many other assets tapped multi-week highs. After the Federal Reserve announced that they were going to be raising interest rates, and their indication was that potentially in the future they may not have to raise them again, or as high as they did this time, people assumed that that meant, logically, that the economy isn't doing as bad as the Federal Reserve had previously stated before and may not be as hawkish as they once were. We had yesterday, I believe it was, a proper GDP American numbers for the growth of the economy, and apparently the economy of the United States shrank for the second time in a row which is normally historically an indication of entering a recession, being inside of a recession, what have you, so on and so forth. However, apparently the president went on the news, went on the television and basically said it does not look like a recession to me. This was an indicator to the markets that everything seems to be fine. Things aren't as terrible as we once believed. Let's make some more money. Technical analysis, Ethereum rockets towards $1,800 as bulls take over the crypto market. Bitcoin tests 24,000, Ethereum is above 1,700, and Ethereum Classic keeps pumping. Ethereum Classic doesn't even look real at this point. It's just kind of going straight up, and it's like I understand the hype around people using their machines for something else. But it's a bit, like, ridiculous at this point, seeing these, like, 70% uh, gains in, like, a course of a three-day period. It's just, sure, whatever. It says Ethereum shoots past $1,750 levels with high address activity and merge optimism. The amount of new addresses that are coming online, being created, new wallets for Ethereum is looking a little crazy as well. There are so many people... And I don't know why it took people so long, but everyone's jumping on the Ethereum bandwagon now as they see that they do not, what was it, six weeks? In six weeks or so, we should have the actual upgrade. So there are tons of new people entering the market, making new addresses logically, and buying Ether and throwing the Ether into those wallet addresses. The amount of news over the news yesterday that we had that Ethereum completed its shadow fork 
everything went well, the network's looking great, we only have one more test something to do, I believe that is on the 11th of August, and after that, it is, my fingers and toes are currently crossed, it is clear sailing until we get to the 19th of September, when the merge upgrade to proof of stake should happen, proof of stake, staking money, all the other things, and everyone's now going completely crazy, do you remember, Do you and I was, hello friends, if you are watching, I was chatting with two friends yesterday about the market. Does everyone remember how low Ethereum went to in 2020, like when all world markets were collapsing? I think, didn't Bitcoin drop down to three or 4,000? I think it went somewhere around there. I remember Ethereum being like $85. And mm, comparatively, I always wonder why people don't stock up when prices are low as opposed to buying more as prices are high, but you know. Anyway, on top of that as well, it says Shiba Inu forms its fourth bullish candle as demand soars. Is this also one of them? There was a lot of Shiba Inu news all over the place. For some reason, whales are buying up massive amounts of it. We had news three days ago. There are two wallet addresses. One is called Bagubala, and I forgot the name of the other one. They're, they've bought billions, literally billions with a B, of Shiba Inu over the last couple of days, and the and those are just the top two wallets that are buying. Tons of other wallets are buying millions every single day. Uh, in situations like this, it's always like something's happening behind the scenes that we simply just don't know about. Yeah, it says crypto markets rally on President Biden's redefined non-recession. It is not, as always, you know where this is going. It is not just... The cryptocurrency markets, the cryptocurrency markets are rallying off of what the stock market did. The stock market, the moment he said those words, an indication that we are not in a worse place than we thought that we were going to be because we were having indications before from analysts basically saying that recession was nigh. We are on a recession. Recession may last until sometime until next summer. But if we keep getting these indications, you have to understand, while he may not be a literal uh, financial expert, when you hear the president say these words, that's what markets tend to listen to. So regardless if he was right or wrong, markets took it one way and everything began to pump. It says, U.S. economy just had a second quarter of negative growth. Is it in a recession? The U.S. economy shrank in the last three months by 0.9%. This is the second consecutive quarter where the economy has contracted. In the first quarter... GDP, or gross domestic product, decreased at an annual rate of 1.6%. While two consecutive quarters of negative growth is often considered a recession historically, it's not an official definition. A nonprofit, nonpartisan organization called the National Bureau of Economic Research determines when the U.S. economy is in a recession. An NBER, NBER committee, Made up of eight economists made that determination and many factors go into that calculation. So as it stands right now, it looks like the U.S. is not in a uh, recession, regardless of what happened. And also, I mean, I don't know where everyone lives, but from my vantage point, um, there are a lot of other countries who are also going through like economic hardships, but it doesn't really feel like in the air that we're in a recession or something like that because everyone's spending like crazy. Everyone I know is just buying stuff, hanging out all the time, going to restaurants, traveling like crazy this summer. It doesn't feel, you know, let me save because we are in a recession feeling like it just kind of feels like, oh, well, you know, 
stuff is happening with the economy, but it's not immediately affecting me. And therefore, sure. It says stocks rally for a second day as investors look past recession worries. Dow jumps by more than 300 points. Yeah, stock markets are going back up. Everyone's uh, excited, I guess, to make more money. I told you all before, it's something in the air. It, it feels greedy. The air feels very, very greedy. Everyone's ready to make more money. I don't think we would be this low in any market if it wasn't for the events of the last two years. I think that's completely evident to nearly everyone. Of course, they happened. We are amongst them or within these little uh, bubbles of the last two years. But all the markets, the moment, typically, if you have been in any, especially the stock market or also the cryptocurrency market, if you have real negative news, it pounds the market down. I mean, like really into the ground and it takes months for us to really like get back. We may see one to 2% movements over the course of like three weeks. We know that we're recovering, but it takes a while. It usually takes about a year or so. This is very different. This is like we get good news. We're not going up by 1%. Coins are shooting up by 17%, 28% over the course of a day. I don't think the market is done with its last run-up, if that makes any sense. I feel like it's still going on. We were pushed down by the idea of needing to raise. If we hadn't had to raise interest rates or had any discussions of a recession, we'd be at a fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars Bitcoin easily because the stock market would not have stopped rallying. I don't have the chart right here. My friend was showing me yesterday. If you find the you know the the overall uh, view of the stock market like since the nineteen twenties and like zoom out so you can see the entire thing from then to now. It's like a straight line going up. It is the weirdest thing in the entire world. And I don't think it's done because I can feel like it's palpable in the air how much money people want to make right now, especially with reset, um, uh, not recession numbers. What do you call it? Uh, inflation numbers also going on. I think people are hungry. I think people are <laughs> people really want to make this money right now. At least that's the way it feels from the information I'm absorbing. Yeah, that's all the price news. Apparently, the GDP has gone down for two consecutive quarters, half of the year. Uh, We are not in a recession, and therefore, if the U.S. is not in a recession, then the rest of the world is not in a recession. I guess that's how the logic goes. Stock markets are pumping. Also, the indication that uh, people were telling me yesterday on Twitter and on here that it looks like there may not may not be a a, uh, a rate hike in uh, August at all. And if that's the case, I expect markets to continue to keep pumping. You know, no one knows for certain what's going to happen, but I think we're all kind of getting that feeling in the air. Yeah, uh, cryptocurrency markets up, stock markets are up as well. And yeah, let's move on. Next up, the Cardano Vasil hard fork previously planned for the end of July has been delayed once again without specifying how many more weeks are needed. The Cardano community has been waiting for the Vasil network upgrade for months. However, The upgrade has often been postponed due to what developers call 
further testing. For one, Cardano's main mantra is never to deploy a system unless it's completely and flawlessly perfect. That's the mantra of every single cryptocurrency project. That's not simply a Cardano thing. You wouldn't launch something on Bitcoin knowing that it'll destroy the Bitcoin network. This is why Ethereum has like 17 test nets to make sure that they don't destroy their near trillion dollar blockchain. It's not a Cardano thing. I know. First of all, backing it up, three steps. I don't know anyone from Cardano. I don't talk to anyone from Cardano. I know nothing explicitly as to what these people do, who they are, never met any of them, period. Next sentence, I am certain that this is all being done because they're waiting to get as close as possible to the Ethereum upgrade. It just feels what it's like. Because we've had indications for so many months now. If you haven't been keeping track, hey guys, something big in March, something big in April, something big in May, it's going to happen at the end of June, need a little bit more time to July. If you don't have it working, or if it's not good, just simply tell us that. I've been in this market for so long, and it's so annoying to hear that. Once again, I'm looking at Ethereum as well. Don't take seven years to do something. Just say, we can't figure it out. We're really close, but we need more time because we don't know what we're doing. I don't think people would be as upset as the developers think that they would be. But this constant like, oh, we're, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh yeah, wait, no, oh, oh no, waiting thing has gotten old very, very, very fast, especially when it comes to Cardano. A few weeks ago, Cardano announced that it would deploy the latest network hard fork by July. This plan now seems to have not materialized. The latest reports reveal that Cardano has chosen to postpone the upgrade until further notice. IOG Tim Harrison VP of Community and Ecosystem and Kevin Hammond, IOG's technical manager, informed about the hard fork delay in a Cardano 360. And here's a tweet for it right here. He says, so if you're out there complaining, don't. No, you have to understand when you, 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 you can't do this stuff as a company when it comes to people's money. This is why we saw before the amount of people who were not only growing bearish on Ethereum, but also talking negatively about it, has increased more and more for the last two years because you can't keep saying that you have something coming and then it doesn't happen. I, I, I think especially when we live in a world where uh, we know that Windows 10, Windows 11, iOS, something is going to have an upgrade and then we have said upgrade after it's been announced. If you know that your product is not finished, don't announce it. We don't hear that a new upgrade for our phones is coming out in two weeks, and then it takes nine more months for it to actually happen. We live in a world where if you say it, that's supposed to, that's what's going to happen because you have tons of other competitors floating around you. For clarity, yes, I also own ADA. I have ADA. I've been buying ADA before. I haven't bought ADA in a while because the whole project seems a little weird now. Um, but yeah, I told you this was going to happen. I assume that... They will try. Here's my uh, prediction. They will try and launch the hard fork or the upgrade right before the Ethereum one so that they are not only propelled by their own news going up, 
Also, the momentum of the Ethereum hard fork happening as well, and that also going up. I think that they're trying to regain the $1 or $1.50, $2 Cardano level as like a base because this is just completely, you know, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's like, stop it. It says Cardano's trading volume drops to a six-month low as social media popularity dwindles. I don't even have to go over this article. You already know exactly what's going on. You can see it on social media. You can see in the way that people are talking. You can't keep having these delays. It doesn't make any sense. As we get more and more into a cryptocurrency space where you have other coins who are competitors to competitors, and they say, May 1st, we have an upgrade coming. And they do it on that date and simply don't go, we're going to wait a lot longer because these enterprise blockchains, they're already out there. They're going to have constant frequent updates every six months and that's going to keep them in the news and that's going to keep them in this popularity sphere. The same exact thing goes for Ethereum. This is why, I don't know if you saw a couple days ago, uh, Vitalik Buterin announced that uh, there's, there's like five upgrades happening parallel with the merge that's coming up. The Verge, Splurge, Turge, and all these other urge words that he had flowing around out there because you got to make sure that people like stay with the project because you know seven years is a very long time so one of the most popular news stories of the day that i could have told you about i'm pretty sure i did uh the vasil hard fork is once again delayed um just don't announce anything until you have it done like when you know that you are, i mean literally about to walk out the door say hey we have an upgrade coming in four weeks Waiting a year and a half for an upgrade that won't really produce any, like, fireworks is a little boring. Constantly. Always. Every single time. All right. That's the Cardano delay news. Let's move on. Also in, well, this is just getting kind of obvious news. It has been evident from the past few months that Turkey is taking the crypto industry seriously. According to the latest development, Turkish finance minister Dr. Nureddin Nebati virtually met Binance founder and CEO Changpeng Cao to discuss cryptocurrencies and the blockchain ecosystem. There's them talking right there. During Wednesday's video conference, the two parties discussed cryptocurrency potential, growth and technology in general. Notably, a major portion of the exchange's user base comes from Turkey. The meeting took place at a time when the world is looking forward to the nation implementing specific rules and policies to regulate the crypto market. Uh, this is not the first time that they've met. And this is why I said, like, it's getting kind of obvious at this point. Chong Peng Tao has met with many different world leaders and they're very, like, buddy-buddy with him. They're like, it's not like a... It doesn't seem explicitly uh, professional, if you will. It's very like, hey, we've hung out before many other times. I think they met sometime, was it March or April? They had like a photo where they're like shaking hands and stuff like that. And he was at the uh, table with a bunch of other ministers. And he was like, I can't give specifics, but you know, things are looking good. I think a lot of countries around the world know exactly what's going on. Uh, there was another article somewhere floating. Maybe it's one of these. I don't know. Uh, some other head of state of some other country was like, it's, it's fairly evident that Bitcoin is here for the future. So I'm actually collecting Bitcoin as was it? What, what, what was it? Some country, I don't remember, uh, announced that he was buying Bitcoin for his family for the future. I think a lot of countries have, of course, already been buying Bitcoin. They won't tell us. Like, I've had that, have that, I've had that conversation before with people where they're like, well, how do you know that countries are buying Bitcoin? Why would... 
And I tell them, like, why, why, why would they have told us? Does your president, parliament member tell you everything? No, they keep that stuff to themselves. But all these meetings are, are a little bit too obvious, at least in my eyes, as far as like the, the widespread use or adoption of cryptocurrencies. Anyway, the point is, I'm not, I'm, I'm not in the mood to get into another argument with myself talking to a microphone. But yeah, uh, Chang Peng Sao met with the finance minister of Turkey. He's met with, if you pay attention to the news, he's met with multiple world leaders around the world over the course of this year alone. And he was doing the same exact thing the year before. I'm pretty sure he does it as a council in some sort of way to tell them like what would be the, re- the, the, the best cryptocurrency regulations or how to accumulate certain coins for their treasury. We're not going to hear about every single thing that a country does. But if you don't know at this point that countries are buying up crypto and are accumulating or even integrating it into the banking system. How many news stories do we have to have for people to be like, oh, wait, this is actually happening. I just don't, I don't really get it. Anyway, yeah, that's news that should have been popular news, but people look over this stuff because people just care about the prices, not the actual, uh, in 10 years, cryptocurrencies will be integrated into everything news. Yeah, all right, let's move on. Also, in this is super weird and cool news. I don't really know. Miami, yes, the city is making NFTs. The city of Miami's mayor, Francis Suarez, I was like, X, uh, shared plans on Thursday to release 5,000 Ethereum NFTs later on this year. Miami is partnering with Time Magazine publisher Time USA, MasterCard, and Salesforce to make it happen. The NFTs, unique blockchain tokens that signify ownerships, okay, are being designed by 56 different Miami artists representing the city's 56 square mile area. Time USA will help define the city's NFT strategy as well as execute the project, while MasterCard will offer Miami NFT holders exclusive benefits like special event access at restaurants and private cultural tours in the city. This, I think, is the most interesting part when you talk about actual uh, utility. There's so many rumors, and also they're also being deployed as well. A lot of the clothing companies uh, have basically announced over the course of the last year or so that their NFTs uh, will be used like basically forever. If you have an NFT from them, in 10, 15 years, you will still be seeing the benefits from them, whether it be from airdrops or virtual land or some other thing like that. But it's always this like extra little you know spice to the actual uh, NFT itself. And the idea of owning an NFT that allows you to get into special events only if you have this NFT or special access to restaurants or, you know, museums or certain tours or like private things is interesting. Salesforce will manage the NFT's minting and primary sales process with its new NFT cloud platform and yet to be released Salesforce product that allows brands to mint and sell NFTs. So this was kind of popular news. Um, I think it's very interesting uh, to see what Miami has been doing uh, the last year. The mayor announcing he loves Bitcoin, announcing he wants to get paid in Bitcoin, them creating their own Miami coin, which no one is using. And I said from the get-go, just use Bitcoin with the Lightning Network. It would have made a lot more sense if they had simply set up mining hubs around the city on rooftops, even you know solar energy because it's Miami, and simply mined Bitcoin that way and spread that across the city as opposed to the Miami coin, which nobody was going to be using, like I told all of you. And now they're launching NFTs, and I assume that 
This is going to be a major um, project as far as if you hold one of these things, you will have access to special things happening in Miami that only you can get into. That is going to be uh, something to continue looking at because I wonder exactly how far they will take this partnership. It's a little weird. Miami and Time Magazine and MasterCard? Not the, not the most likely of friends, I think, but there they are in the same car together. Mm, moving on. And in one of the most popular news stories of the day, in an effort to prevent the social media behemoth, Facebook, from achieving its ultimate goal of dominating the entire metaverse, the Federal Trade Commission, or the FTC of the United States, has filed a lawsuit against Meta and Mark Zuckerberg. The FTC claims in a complaint submitted on Wednesday to the Northern District of California that Meta and Zuckerberg's potential acquisition of the virtual reality company Within, is that what it's called? Oh yeah, Within, and its wellness app Supernatural violated American antitrust laws and were an attempt to buy the social media company to buy its way to the top rather than compete on the merits. So, Basically, the FTC is suing Facebook because they're saying that they're trying to take over and monopolize the metaverse before it's even begun. And one, they're Facebook. They're a company. How do you think they got to the top? It's not by allowing any other fair play. All these other companies do the exact same thing. Have there been any FTC lawsuits against Amazon? Do you know what Amazon does? Amazon snuffs out any other competition. Amazon literally finds, you can look it up, they find what else might be a competitor to them and they either buy them up immediately or people have alleged before in the past, allegedly, that Amazon starts selling their same exact product that they were selling in their store, but for like 30% less. That's how these companies work. It's not right, but it's what they do. So I find it a little weird that, uh, one, that there would be a gasp in the crowd that Facebook was trying to gain control over everything. They're Facebook. They're one of the most terrible companies on the planet. Like, they are what we were warned about in, in Terminator and, like, all those uh, sci-fi dystopian movies from the 80s. Like, it's it. Like, if Facebook is actually it. Uh, but also that so many other companies, they do this all the time. How do you think Microsoft didn't become the number one company because of like playing fair? You find other companies. Why look at how many companies have you ever seen? There's a uh, there's a chart. Um, <laughs> here, people are about to be shocked. Find this chart online. There's two charts. <clears throat> one is um, how many uh, media families in America own the media. <coughs> I think it's three families. That own every single media company. And they and the funniest part is they own completely, not some of the way, completely from left to right media. In its entirety. All of it. So everything you see is usually done by one family. If you're watching certain channels or, you know, maybe flipping to see what both sides are saying, it's all coming from three places. Surprise. The same exact thing, there's another chart you should look for. Uh, the companies that rule the U.S., I believe it's six companies. 
there's oh gosh i can i can't remember all their names but look up how many companies purdue actually owns when you go to the supermarket i'm from the state so i like the gigantic mega supermarkets everywhere when you walk through the aisles and you are in like the frozen food section and everything looks colorful and some things are more green to tell you how organic they are or so and so or some of them are more red to say that they have cherries it's an illusion of choice done specifically by these companies Since the 70s, they've been buying up every other company who even dared stand near them or actually have a way to get uh, better or bigger than they were, and they now own these companies. There are six companies in America. Look up the chart. You can find it. It's It's a webbed chart. It's six names in the middle, and it has a web going out that shows you all the companies that they own. They own everything that you consume. It's an illusion of choice. Because you may walk by something and go, I don't like Purdue's chicken. So you buy from another chicken brand. They also own that brand. They simply renamed it something else. So you feel better buying from the other company. The same exact thing with this. Like this is how every single mega, they're all monopolies. There's a a video from, I think the, from 99 or something like that. It's it's a while, but someone re-uploaded it on the internet. And it's this video of these people talking about how the internet got started or why the internet was actually allowed to enter the public eye. It was something about in the late 70s, somewhere around there, it was a company called Ninex, N-Y-N-E-X or something like that. And there was also another telephone company and something else who refused to allow their monopoly to actually break apart. They owned every single phone in the United States. They were the producers of the phone, so you had to buy them from them. And every wire that, like, remember the old rotary phones? I remember them when I was a kid. You had the stick, like, the the cord that you had to stick into your landline, that you had to buy the cord from them. They owned everything. Someone in the government figured this out and they were like, you, there's no competition. Like no one else can join this market because the moment they try to make something, they were acquired by these bigger companies automatically. So someone managed to break all of them up. And luckily one of them that actually, I forgot the name of the company that emerged from it. They were one of the companies who was partnered with another small startup back then who, who found out this thing called the internet and was trying to bring it to people. Because the idea was in the, in the early, late 80s and early 90s, they figured out, how to bring internet to everyone through dial-up but this one company they figured this out in the 70s and they were trying to bring internet to the people already in the 70s but these three phone companies refused to do so because they had looked into it they saw how much faster information could be passed between people and it was no longer required for you simply to pick up a phone and talk to someone and jot something down that you could see on a computer screen that someone has sent you information they thought it was going to destroy the phone business and that no one would be using phones anymore so they said no to it That company kept on going to them and say, I have a faster way to help you guys grow your business. And they said no, because they only wanted phones. You can even find from the 1970s and early 80s, there were tons of um, uh, magazine and, and newspaper articles talking about how bad this new internet was, how no one needs it, how terrible it was for humans. It's insane when you actually look through things. I told you all before, when the... um. When the telephone was first invented, and I think in the 1910s and 1920s, when people just were, you know, really, uh, you were able to go to a store, it cost a lot, but you could still buy one and have part of that connection to a couple of other homes in your city. There were people who were writing newspaper articles, sorry, talking about how uh, phones should be banned because they were going to stop people from going to the opera. 
You can find it. 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 The fear was is that people would no longer go to to outdoor concerts or events because they were scared that someone would have a telephone cord long enough that they could hold it out the window and you could hear the concert. And all people had to do on the other side of the world or in the city was pick up that phone line. They would no longer have to pay a dollar back then for a concert ticket. They were trying to ban telephones. The world is insane and it always just comes down to money and it's so disgusting because I wonder so many times, we have no, we, when you look at how monopolized everything is, when you figure out that three families own the entire news in America, six companies own everything that you eat, I wonder, and all these other tech companies, don't you find it weird that over the course of the last 22 years that it's just five mega companies? That fang is always a thing and it's so difficult for every other startup to get started. Or if they do become big, they always have a thing. We were just bought by Google. Doesn't anyone find that weird that these companies own thousands of other companies? It's to stop competition. Where would we be if we actually had a free market? Has anyone ever thought of that? Where would we be if Facebook was actually five or six different things? If there were other companies who actually were able to physically compete with Facebook? So fascinating. So bringing it on back, uh, this entire idea of them trying to (laughs) acquire two companies to get better. Of course, what do you think they're trying to do? If the metaverse is going to be the new internet, they want control over all of it. They want all the data that comes from it. Data is money. If you have the data of 3 billion people on the planet, if if there's five different hyper big metaverse platforms and you control 90% of the market just from yours, and you find a way to acquire the other five, you own everything. You own all the data. Of course they want to do that. It's greed. Why is this even a, 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 a topic? So anyway, this was very popular. Um, let's see where this ends up going. I assume nowhere, just because of, you know... Uh, um, Yeah. Oh, and also they were losing money. Also, this is stupid news. This is going into stupid news. This was also floating around as well. And I don't know if people know how money works, but it drives me absolutely insane. The people from Facebook, when they announced that they were going to be changing their name into Meta, announced that for the next 10 years, they would be losing money on Meta. Basically because the Metaverse hasn't launched yet. They don't have their final product out there. So they basically said, yeah, for the next 10 years, we will basically be having losses in, in, in the market until the metaverse is finally really up and running and everyone's using it. And then we should start seeing this is how every company works. It's the same exact thing with Uber. It's the same exact thing with YouTube. They lost money for their first 10 to 15 years. And then you start making money. That's how all the mega companies work. So you expect to have losses for a long time. But for some reason, there's news going around that, that Meta's losing all this money. And it's like their metaverse hasn't launched yet. Of course, they're losing money. Amazon also lost money for a number of years. Every company loses money until you finally go into the positive, and that's how, my gosh, just just brain power, just some of it. Like, it's just so frustrating. Like, I don't understand. Anyway, so let's see where this goes. I assume we're going to be hearing more. First of all, it's interesting to see that regulators don't like Facebook at all. Like, explicitly, from the get-go to the here-go, they do not like Facebook, but... Uh, they have money, so they're probably going to be doing exceedingly well because money. Let's move on.
as always, a gigantic thank you to my Patreon supporters, GBU Wally, Manny Cryptos, Mad World of Crypto, Bubble Mode, How's Life Austin, Auspicious Agile and Blockchain, Jamie Saad, Blockchain Simplified, and let's move on, Empire Queen, uh, Roman Geba, Bitcoin Ben, Arachno Dave, Tony Ambroski, The Dealer's Den, Captain Something, and the Z-Way Lay, Mobarazzi, VB Nerd, 21, Miguel Grolet, Lauren DeSilva, Corded Biddy, Troy Allgood, Space Case, Need a Miracle, Paternoster, Navarro Williams, Utopia 569, Moonman High, XRP, Martin Stoyer, Nostromo, John Sarson, The Animal Reader, Bibliophobia, Todd Mullis, Adam Grasick, Wise Nine Owl, 242 to the World, Bankroll Network, Crypto Artist, Coldy 3D, Setsuna, Richie Rich the Third, Paxis, Nick Mangialavori, Jim Gardner, Jeremy Fox, Minting Coins, Yes to Crypto, Body McBoatface, Anytime Fitness, Monks Corner Staff, Bake Me a Cake, Tigger of Macho Nisa, On Crypto with Lionel and Crayole in Michelle, URL. Thank you very, very much for your continued support. I do thank you very, very much. Thank you to everyone who left a like, left a comment, got their free Bitcoin or is still here. I mean, I'm telling you, look into it. You don't understand how dystopian everything already is. There are a few companies on the planet who own everything. Look into the people who actually own uh, London. There's about five families who own about 80% of the city. There's one family that owns around 15 to 20%. Literally every fifth building is owned by them. You want to you wanna really have something... Look up how much the Vatican owns. That's going to throw you for a spin. Look up how rich the Vatican is and exactly in public records what they own. You're going to be more than shocked. Everything is owned by a small percentage of people. You have no idea what the actual 1% of the 1% is. You do not understand. Bitcoin is currently up by 3.9% in the last 24 hours. Ethereum is up by 4.8. It's at 1,711 US dollars. Binance Coin is up by 3.5. XRP is up by 4. Cardano is up by 3. Solana is up by 9. Dogecoin is up by 5. Polkadot is up by 4. Polygon is up by 8 percentile points. Uniswap is up by 7. Ethereum Classic is up by 30%. It's, It's a little... It's a little cringy at this point. It's, 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 it's a little much. There's no other real development except for the idea. I mean, yes, I've, I got it. Stop screaming. I got it. I know that people are developing on Ethereum Classic. I got that much. But we've received no new news in the last month except for people are thinking about turning on their machines and start mining this one instead. It's still not a guarantee. It's still a possibility. But these numbers are a bit like... Calmate. It's, it's, it's kind of a lot. Litecoin is up by 4.9%. Chainlink is up by 10. Near Protocol is up by 8. Cosmos is up by 5 percentile points. Flow is up by 7.5. Sandbox is up by 6. Axie Infinity is up by, geez, 12% in the last 24 hours. Filecoin is up by 6. Theta is up by 6. Nope, 10% as well. I was looking at Ave. Ave is up by 6. And OKB is up by 13% in the last day as well. I do hope that you all enjoyed. I do hope that you all are having a great day, great morning, 
Great afternoon, great evening, wherever you are, wherever you might be. I do hope that it is absolutely fantastic. Thank you all once again for liking, watching, and or listening. And I will most certainly be talking to you all soon. See you.